this episode of Sessions, we chat with Michaela Dautois, founder of Verite Published, about her new site, building a community, and the power of being nice. Welcome to Sessions, a podcast by Matt Black. We are the creators of the Shapeshift Report. Uh, my name is Chelsea Matthews. I'm the founder of Matt Black and the editor-in-chief of the Shapeshift Report. And I am here today interviewing Michaela D'Artois, who is the founder of a really amazing content platform called Verite Published and has just recently launched her own collection and store called Shop Verite. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. I'm so excited. I'm wiggling in my seat. <laughs> I love that. If there's extra noise, it's just me wiggling around. <laughs> it's just the chair wiggle. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Um, tell me about you. How did you launch your own platform? How long has it been? What inspired it? Um, well, it's been two years this month, and um, I basically was sort of catapulted into launching it because I was in between jobs, um, a print magazine I had worked for folded and I was kind of sitting there thinking about what I really wanted to do. And I do remember, I was in it very specifically, I was in an airport and I was trying to, in, in the middle of America, somewhere on a layover and I was trying to find a magazine and I just kept reading the call outs on the front of the magazines and it just really got under my skin. And I just realized that as women, we are so much smarter than this. And the content that we've been given f over and over and over is very watered down. And I think that was sort of the point that really threw me over the edge to start Verite. And so basically, um, the concept behind it is being a platform of free education for women. And I really wanted to open those doors to women everywhere. To me, um, being educated is power. And we do it in a very alternative way where we talk about things like current events that specifically affect women and, you know, alternative wellness options and just sort of opening those doors that maybe not everyone gets on in their daily life. Um, and even, you know, really shedding taboos and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's how it started out, and I think at first my focus was more on the classic things that a magazine would have, and it's totally taken on a life of its own and really become more um, sort of feminist-heavy, and I, I'm letting it do that. You know, I'm really excited for it to just show me the way that it wants to go because it's really the readers showing me where, what, they, what kind of content they're hungry for. That's so cool. And how have you even acquired a single reader you know I don't know <laughs> don't tell them <laughs> no um I think I one thing that I felt was really important was I was so lucky to have this knowledge that was split you know I had print and very classic ways that magazines work and then I also experienced online and as the digital world really blew up in media I was sort of riding that wave. And so I used the way that we create a lot of our content is very much back to the classic ways that people create content and, and imagery for magazines for print. Um, but I saw this huge tool, just, you know, social media being out there. And that's really how I 
started to speak to people. And I definitely started with my, my own community, but I would pick out people, and I say influencers, but not influencers necessarily in the way of bloggers, but people that I just thought were so cool. And I just really wanted them to know that we were out there, but I also maybe wanted to collaborate or um, wanted their feedback on it. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's sort of how I did it was just kind of in the social media sense, waving at them. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Consistently until they until they noticed. And I think that that was a great way to um, get it off the ground and get people talking about it. And still now, I mean, we're only two years old, so it's still so new, but th- if anyone you know, comments on a photo and they're like, we love your content. I get butterflies, you know, like that's still the coolest thing to me is real girls just being so stoked about what we're putting out into the world. That's awesome. Yeah. And you kind of define your site as being for the non-basic breed. What does that mean? For me, it's very, um, it was very much about the woman who is curious at her core you know it's the woman that maybe her the world that unfolds in front of her it maybe can be very mundane or very straightforward but she's always curious about what else is under there and she's asking questions and that's really what it meant is um she's finding her own truth and verite actually is the french word for truth and so that's really what it all comes back to it's it's women who maybe see what's going on in the world and they say, you know what, I don't know if that's for me. I want to ask questions and really find out what's right for me and whether that's an, al- an alternative kind of relationship to what we're, you know, to what's put forth in society or, you know, a different kind of way of taking care of yourself other than, you know, Western medicine or, um, and it doesn't have to be so new agey, but it's just women who, even down to their personal style, um, really want to forge their own path. That's and awesome. have their own voice. I love that. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, you spoke a little bit about the fact that you have a background in editorial from print to digital. How has that influenced the launch and direction of your platform? What did you kind of take from those experiences and apply? I mean, it's not easy starting your own company in general, but definitely not when it's really required to have readers and to have people kind of tune in. Like what what pieces did you kind of take with you that you feel have helped shape what Verite is now? Yeah. I mean, I thought about that a lot. Um, I've truly, truly never been happier than when I was working at a print magazine. I think that although, you know, there's this scary looming voice that's saying print is dying, um, hanging over our heads, it still to me is like just the, the way that that functions behind the scenes is so beautiful to me. And so I think that when, while I was starting Verite, in the thought of, like, how will this be successful, I felt really lucky to be able to pluck things from those. And so, for example, the way that we go about creating our editorial imagery, we pretty much create almost all of our imagery. Um, and it's really important to me to create it in the way that it would be for print. Um, so you know, whether that means the way that we're styling it or the way that our editorials look, um, just making it be something that has that glossy effect to it that gets you excited and kind of revs up your creative energy. Um, And then from the other side, from the digital side, 
it was really how amazing it is that you can get the word out that fast. And so in the way that we push things, you know, through social platforms, but also in the way that we speak to our readers and how we have this really great open conversation because print magazines don't, until now, haven't really gotten to have that open conversation. They just put the information out there and sit up in their high towers and I don't know. They don't know if people want to wear trench coats or, you know, like they don't really have that open dialogue. They're very removed. And that's, I feel so lucky because we're right there with them. And, you know, like my team is girls, you know, girls Mm -hmm. that are just like them, the girls just just like our readers. And so it's this, we'd probably be friends with them. Do you know what I mean? It's just this open conversation, which is really nice. And I think that that's a huge perk of digital. That's cool. And how have you funded yourself? Like, it's not easy to go into something like this, especially with digital. Mm -hmm. I guess I can't really say especially with, but, you know, in the digital space, it can be a little competitive. And how have you been able to create your own content and, you know, bring on support with additional women? What does that look like? Um, It's funny because when I started out, I actually, like I said, the print magazine that I was working for folded, and so I wasn't expecting it, and so I actually started with nothing. Mm -hmm. And I was living in San Francisco, which, you know, as most people know now, is an extremely expensive city. Um, I literally started with the smallest budget I could possibly, like, imaginable, um, you know, at my kitchen table, on my computer, just doing this, but... The reality is, is I am so, so lucky. I have an amazing support of other creative women who have pushed the entire way. And um, I've collaborated with tons of amazing photographers who, amazingly enough, are almost all women. And I think that gives us a very specific view of things as well um, to see through things, to see our content through their lens. But, um, yeah, a lot of it was just collaborative and pretty much anything... I made freelancing, um, which I also do as a side hustle, uh, just went back into this. Yeah. So anything that came through went back into this, and maybe that's why I had to start my own shop because, you know, you're not shopping. Yeah. <laughs> your your yeah. budget is very tight, but um, it's comp- so worth it. That's and awesome. it's, yeah, and it's been really great. And now um, as the as the shop starts, everything that comes in from are the sales from the pieces will go back to the company completely. You know, it'll go back to paying our photographers and anything that we need to do on that end. So it's, it's becoming, it's going to become self-sufficient. That's great. And I think it's, it's actually been an amazing learning lesson for me of just, um, how this works and how much time it takes and the grit of it. But I honestly like wouldn't have had it any other way. Totally. Yeah. I love that. And not to totally flip the conversation on its head, but there is something that you've spoken to us about as kind of a theory into this kind of new sensibility, I guess, in some, in some Mm -hmm. senses of, um, the people are being nicer. Yeah. So I kept finding myself saying to, in conversations to friends that are also, you know, in the creative community of just, it's, so in style to be nice these days and 
I've sort of, I started thinking about more and more and more, and I just, it's totally a conversation that I love to open up to other people, but um, I just, I think that um, the way that the creative community, the direction that the creative community is going in is so collaborative that at this point in time, there's no other option than to be nice. And I'm not saying that, like, everyone wasn't nice before, but it's almost that I think, um, and especially as women, I think that there was this thought that to succeed, you had to be very stone cold and a little cutthroat to compete with the male counterpart. And in fashion, we see portrayals of women... I mean, think of the Devil Wears Prada. You know, these portrayals of women who had to be very cutthroat to get what they wanted and to get as far as they did. And I think as I came into the industry, it started to shift a little bit. And it's no longer about being, you know, up in our high tower of whatever magazine our moms used to read. It's very much on the ground. And you're meeting your readers and you're meeting your, you know, collaborative teams and you have there's it's this wonderful feeling of just building that face to face community and to do so obviously you have to be nice mm-hmm. you know and would you say that los angeles has that nature or do you think it's like that in other cities as well and my reason for the question is because a lot of people do say i know a lot of people have started businesses Um, and a lot of people have always said to me, I could have never done this in New York. People don't believe in you. There's not the same mentality. It's so expensive. There's all these things. And then you come to LA and it's like, you know, there's this like collaborative economy here and everyone's apt to like introduce you to someone, introduce to someone, introduce them. And I think that this is, you know, a couple years in from those initial conversations, but I wonder if there's like some level of that to the community. That's a great question. I will say, I think that if you have a good idea, you will find people, no matter where you are, that are so excited to jump on board with you and support you. Um, I do. While I say that, I do think that I haven't lived in LA that long, and it's amazing because I do say that all the time. I moved here, and there was like this community that welcomed you with open arms, totally not knowing me from before, and just being so excited to welcome you. And I think that's amazing. And I do think that LA gets a really bad rep for maybe being standoffish or for being catty or for being narcissistic. And that has completely not been my experience in business. I think that people are so excited to collaborate with you and to push your project and to talk about it as, you know, I get so excited to talk about other people's projects. And I think that that's something amazing that I found. But I do say, you know, I I travel so much for what I do, and I think that I do see it across business everywhere. I see that people, they know how important transparency now is in business and that our customers and our readers and all those people, they want to be a part of it with you. And I think that businesses that aren't just flinging open their doors and welcoming those people in are harming themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really truly believe that. Yeah. I would also say I totally agree with you in the sentiment, but also that probably, 
social media to some extent has forced that because if you think of like, if we just use the Devil Wears Prada example, you have an Eva Chen who has become the most kind of transparent and relatable editor in fashion in a long Mm -hmm. time. Obviously she's now over Instagram, but um, she became the first to really like open her doors and be digital first and be a nice, friendly, wonderful person. And she's the same way in person when you meet her. And um, I think that to some extent, I would imagine like this transparent economy we live in forces people to have to be nice to some extent, because otherwise you're not going to have a warm reception or you're kind of putting yourself in a bad corner. No, I completely agree. And I think that she is a great example of that. Um, She's a great example of leveling the playing field Um, because now the, especially in fashion, the industry is not only editors and then readers or consumers. It's totally, there's everything in between. There's influencers, there's bloggers, there's people coming from left and right. And I think the best way to embrace this change is to do what she's done and really just mesh them. And she does have that approachableness while still hanging on to the gatekeeper aspect of being an editor. And I think that using your social media platforms to hear the voices of the of your readers and your consumers is 100% the best tool you could use in business today. That's awesome. And how do you kind of see this trend evolving? Like what's what happens with a community of nice people? Everyone just hugs a lot. <laughs> it's like my dream. No. Lots of interaction. Lots of hugging. No, um, I think that I think it's only going to go up from here, and I think that it will lead to a lot of creative industries combining and sort of crossing over. Um, Art and fashion, uh, I don't know that tech is considered a creative industry, but tech and fashion and, you know, all these industries sort of molding into one, and I think that it also leads to a, a more productive way of being a consumer, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. because we're now such smart consumers that we want this information, but when we have the companies on the other side openly wanting to give it to us, that creates, I think that will eliminate a lot of the companies that maybe, you know, aren't being um, eco-friendly or fair trade and aren't being the things that the customers want. It'll you know, through evolution, they'll just naturally fall off. And I think that it will create a lot healthier of a consumer nation. Totally. I love it. I think that that is the Those are my, (laughs) and that's my big theory. And I think tech is definitely, if it's not in the creative industry class, it should be because it's, I mean, I agree. It is melding into every facet of every industry and it's I mean, so creative. I guess it is because it's it's design. Yeah. And it's beautiful design and it's yeah. yeah. Experience and all of that. Yeah. So there were actually three questions I forgot to ask you in the beginning. But what's your drink of choice? My drink of choice is an extra, extra dirty martini. Ooh. Vodka. Nice. Yes. What's your drink of choice? Um I mean I am like a vino girl through and Straight through. through. Yeah. The Sicilian in me uh, just kind of keeps that flowing. Taking but the if, wine train yeah. all the way home. Yeah. 
But if I do liquor, it's usually like whiskey or tequila mm-hmm. and maybe a martini. I do like some, go- some good tequila is, yeah, is wonderful. Um, and then what would you say is like, what was the song you would have played the day that you officially launched Verite? What's your victory song? Okay, this is really dorky, but this is the only thing that comes to mind. But my victory song is Mambo Number no. 5. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I would have been pl- playing that all day and probably dancing around in my underwear. Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. Anything you're totally terrified of? Um, I'm completely, completely terrified of cockroaches. Mm. Like thinking about them makes me nervous. And the last question will be, what is a resolution that you are focusing on this year that is going to drive you into the best you? I think, let's see, best me, I think is to take more time to turn off sort of, um, especially I work from home, so I'll find myself working weird hours because it's hard to turn that off, which I I think a lot of creative people, especially in L.A., because so many people do have the option to work from home. So that, um, but I think my resolution is just to see how many slip dresses I can get out into the world. You know, just slipping them out there, slipping those slip dresses (laughs) just right out there. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, we're so excited for you. I really Thank appreciate you. your time. Thanks for um, having you me. You have to tell the listeners where they can find you on social, on the webs. Spout yes. It. So you can find um, our digital content at Verite Published, V E R I T E Published. And then veritepublished.com is the website and the online magazine. And that's where you will also find the shop. And that Instagram is Shop Verite. So please follow us on all of them. I will. It's highly beautiful content. Thank you. Very, very eye candy. Thank you. That's our goal. Just feeding the eyes. Love it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of Sessions. Make sure to check out the most recent issue of the Shapeshift Report on shapeshiftreport.co and follow along for all the haps on at Shapeshift Report. Check you guys next time. Bye.